If you enjoy this content, consider subscribing to The Ultimate Subscription. I go into great detail about the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, including weekly reviews of the issues. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Bella Nutt. Today, I have a warning. I have a warning about Spider-Man No Way Home. I just want you guys to consider this. Because I don't... I, <laughs> we haven't really talked about this. That much. And quite frankly, this is a topic that needs discussion. Okay? We're getting close to it. And like I said, I just feel like this is something that needs to be discussed. So we're looking forward to Doc Ock. We're looking forward to Alfred Molina. We're looking forward to Jamie Foxx. I mean, I'm not really looking forward to it, but. Whatever. He's, he's going to be Electro again. So I guess deal with it. Uh, <clears throat> we're thinking. We're believing that Willem Dafoe. Is returning as Green Goblin. That's not confirmed. But we're believing it for some reason. Okay sure. Uh, we're believing that a lot of these original. Villains. From the previous. Spider-Man movies. Are going to show up in this thing. It's a Sinister Six smorgasbord. And nostalgia and all these different things are happening. However, there's a problem. There's a problem. Now, Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. They are Sony movies. I've talked about this, but in case you're new and you don't know about this, very brief. These are Sony movies. Sony owns the rights to make Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man is currently being loaned to Disney to use within their universe of movies. Okay? So we get to see him in Avengers. We get to see him in Civil War. But, but you know, keep in mind, that's Sony allowing Marvel to use their character. Okay? It's a loan. Hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? That type of thing. You're giving it back. When the contract's up, it's back to Sony. So, with all of that said, these are Sony movies inside of the MCU. So why is this a warning for you? We have to talk about Disney. And we have to talk about the company that Disney is, the brand that Disney is. Once you realize where I'm going, you might start feeling a little cautious, anxious, worried, nervous, apprehensive. I don't know the word you want to use, but we're in the yellow zone. We're not in the red. I don't think we're in the orange. I think we're still in yellow. You know, I think we we, we, we we proceed with caution, you know. We're, we're not necessarily pumping in the brakes. We might have let go of the gas pedal and we're coasting. We're slowing down, coasting to a stop. But we're not braking yet. I don't think we have to brake yet, right? And even when you're driving, you see yellow light. You, you I might, I can still get through the light, I, you know. 
But I'm, I'm looking at the light like, okay, let me make sure. Do I brace myself to get a ticket or what? What's going to happen? So, but whatever. Disney is why I am nervous. Raise your hand if you know or if you've ever heard about the idea that Disney censors stuff. Raise your hand. I I bet. <laughs> look at all look at all those hands. My God. Yeah. We we've uh we've had you know, it's so cute. Like like stories like Snow White or, or The Fox and the Hound or Sleeping Beauty, all these different stories in the movies that Disney makes. It's cute. They're cute. Everything's it's wonderful. Yes. Yes. Disney magic. We're happy. Beauty and the Beast, all these different things. But if you read the original stories, <laughs> those of you that have read the original stories, you already know what's happened here. But if you read the original stories, they're they're it it these are gruesome stories. These are not I don't know where Disney thought to just completely do a 180 on these. I I don't and put the same name on and just be oh this is this is it. It's based off of the book, right? The name. That's like if you watch the Last Airbender, and it's like, oh well, we made a movie with the same title and the characters have the same name. But if you watch the show and then you watch the movie, there's after the names, nothing's in common. Like, we're talking about that. Disney likes to just... Everything is just family, and we're friends, and it's wonderful. I'm just... Toy Story 3, we're going to cry about it, you know, up, and, and all these Pixar movies, God dog it, you know? And it's it's fine. It's fine. Except for when it's bad. Case in point... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. Let's get one thing straight about the MCU. The MCU has been around for what? 12 years or so? We launched in 2008 with Iron Man and the Hulk. The Hulk was first. <clears throat> Everyone talks about Iron Man, you know, but the Hulk was technically first. It's fine. Anyway, regardless of that, Regardless, my thing is, you, we, most of us, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you've watched at least some of the MCU movies, if not all of them, right? So you've watched enough movies in the MCU to know that there's a common theme to the movies, right? There's a common tone. Very lighthearted movies. They hit some dramatic and dark tones here and there. But for the most part, it doesn't seem to be any kind of true fear or horror or stakes or, oh my God, what? No. You know? There's no gore. You know, people get shot and killed, but there's not a lot of like gore and actual like, and heads flying off and, you know? We don't see that. You know, these are PG-13 at cap. PG-13 at cap, bro. Bro, you sis. 80% of my listeners apparently are bros. So I'm, I'm going to just go bro. Safe bet. People, what's a what's a 
generic term for bro and sis. Was it sibling? Sib? Yeah, sib. All right, you're 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 my sibs. Okay. All right. Wow, that that does not sound good. Anyway, case in point. Back to what we were talking about. With all of these movies having that same kind of theme, it makes you start to wonder. Like, <clears throat> Disney has clearly set a limit on what Marvel Studios can do, right? PG-13, no gore, no swearing. <sighs> I'm, I don't even know how Samuel L. Jackson hasn't, like, completely just gone off the rails. We know he's got a mouth on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you just imagine this. This, this is the reality that we're dealing with. Okay? Do you think... I have four characters. I have four Marvel characters for you. Okay? That have not been in the MCU. I'm going to ask you if you think that they could, exactly as they are, no changing what they've done or said or whatever, no changing the movies that they're in, do you think that they could fit in MCU? I got four. And these four, I think, most people would say are like some of the best depictions of their respective Marvel character that they've, you know, acted as. First one. Wesley Snipes' Blade. Would Wesley Snipes' Blade and those movies fit in the MCU? Of course not. Of course not. Are you kidding me? There's no way. No way. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and all the X-Men movies he was in and the solo Wolverine movies he was in. Does he fit in the MCU? The amount of bloodshed and, and gore and his personality is just extremely abrasive and just does he fit with what Disney's trying to portray? Family, friendly? Yeah. Yay. Probably not, right? Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. I think this is the easiest one. No freaking way. I am so scared of what Disney's going to do with Deadpool. Because I enjoyed the, the first two Deadpool movies. I'm not a Deadpool guy. Um, although I will, ha- I do have to say, Spider-Man and Deadpool in the comics, every time they are together, it is a riot. If you have not read them on on page together, you need to. They are, and there's almost like a bromance type of thing where like Deadpool seems to like just want Spider-Man for whatever he just wants him. Like we're getting like Black Cat type vibes. Like I, I want you, Spidey. Type of thing going on. So that's a side little tangent there. But uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, you can't see him in those movies alongside of what the MCU has going on. So that's three. Fourth one Tom Hardy's Venom. I know. Venom literally biting heads off of people. 
Mm, I mean, they might decide to like do that off screen. Like maybe it's off screen or we see like a silhouette. But let's be real. Between this and what... I mean, like even Let There Be Carnage, the trailer, and everything that we've like read about it, it looks pretty dark, right? Highly doubt the MCU. There is not one movie in the MCU that is as dark as Blade or as the Wolverine solo movies. Or as uh, Venom. Right? Deadpool, he wouldn't fit. Not because he's dark, but because he's too adult. He's just... His movies are just too adult. There's your answer, folks. Disney likes to keep things... Hi, hi, how are you? Yes. Welcome to Disney World. I'm a princess. You know, like, this is... This is what we're dealing with. Okay? So why do I say all of that about Disney? Well, we have to go back to Sony. We have to go back to Spider-Man No Way Home. And it is time for the warning you've been waiting for. If you haven't caught on yet, here it comes. Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for the comments. Just thank you. All right, carry on. Do you think Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin would fit in the MCU? His character, right? Do you think he could fit in the MCU? Maybe. The the nice thing about Spider-Man's movies that we've seen before the MCU, none of them are dark enough. None of them are adult enough that they couldn't fit in the MCU. <clears throat> However, you can tell, especially the Andrew Garfield ones, you can tell they definitely are a different tone than what the MCU has. I think Sam Raimi's movies have a better chance of fitting in because they still have that campy vibe to it, but there's still like some darker, more mature overtones. I think a lot of a lot of comic movies before Spider-Man's trilogy and like the X-Men movies, the original trilogy if you will. A lot of movies before their time were very like corny, sappy, not really telling a story. It was just more of bringing a comic book to life, right? But Sam Raimi and the X-Men team, they started talking about actual stories. And it just so happens the main character is this super-powered human or a group of super-powered humans. That's the difference. And so, you know, those movies were pioneers of what the MCU has become. However, with Disney's involvement, here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that Sony and their team of writers and directors and whoever's working on this movie, 
they're going to be told to tone some things down. Let, let me give you another example. So now Sam Raimi is working on the Doctor Strange movie. Okay? He's working on, he's the director of Doctor Strange. And so the rumors keep persisting that Tobey Maguire will actually show up as Spider-Man during that movie and reunite with his long-time uh, collaborator from the Spider-Man movie era, right? Whatever. Aside from that, we also have a situation where Sam Raimi has um, become... He was popular for something else before he did Spider-Man. In fact, he's been very popular for a certain particular style of directing. Um, so it's a franchise. It, it was a, a, a few movies and then I think like a show that came on Stars or HBO or something. I think you've heard of this. I think you've heard of this. Uh, this. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to call it franchise? Anyway, it's called Ash and the Evil Dead. Ash uh, and the Evil Dead. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Like it, it's something like that. Okay. Star. I, I think. What, what's his name? Bruce Campbell or something. Some. I think it's Bruce Campbell. Uh, he's like the protagonist of the, the main character, or whatever. He did movies and then like I think they did a show like recently. So as you can tell by the title, the title is basically what you would think. It's it's a lot of horror involved, but it's also like dark comedy type of stuff. It's a dark comedy horror genre type of franchise. <clears throat> so what we what we saw with the movies, the Spider-Man movies, we got to see some of those Raimi signature moments. Uh, one of the bigger moments was like when Doc Ock wakes up in the operating table and his tentacles basically just annihilate the medical staff in the operating room. That's stuff that you would see like in, in, in the uh, Evil Dead franchise. Like that's the kind of stuff you would see. His directing style is obviously darker than, you know, does he fit in with the MCU? Maybe. But you have to kind of imagine. You 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 may or may not see those original characteristics in this MCU movie. I don't believe here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that because Disney will want things to be nice and clean and pristine, that we're not going to get the same Doc Ock that we got in Spider-Man 2. We're not going to get the same Green Goblin if it's Willem Dafoe. We don't know if it's Willem Dafoe, right? We don't know. We're just assuming this. But if it is Willem Dafoe, we're not going to get the same performance. Let's, let's, let's exclude the fact these actors have all... They've been removed from their roles for a long time. It's been a while, right? Jamie Foxx 
How long has he been removed? Like seven years from being Electro last time? Um, <clears throat> Molina's been removed for, he did that in 2004, right? So almost 20 years, like 17 years he's been removed from the role. If Willem Dafoe is doing it, he's 19 years. And these guys, they're not good. It's not going to be as easy as just pick up the character, right? There's going to be a different group of writers. There's going to be different circumstances. But if we ignore all of that, let's just pretend like none of that even matters. We're still not going to get the same character because Disney will not allow it. That's my that's my hypothesis. I'm not going to say theory. I'll stick with the hypothesis. That's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing the dark, the very basement dark tones of these characters we're not going to see manifested on the screen this time around. I know a lot of people are hyped to see these actors again, especially Molina. I think he's the number one person that people are most excited to see because a lot of people regard Spider-Man 2 as the best Spider-Man movie of all time. I happen to agree. And I think that Molina plays a very huge part in why that movie was so phenomenal, right? Everyone talks about the train scene. That's like the... Ever since we've seen that scene, we have not seen a Spider-Man fight come anywhere close to what that scene brought to the table. Especially considering that scene, that train scene, barely used... CGI, like a lot of the different things that they were using were very were uh, practical effects. They were actually there. It was actually, a, you know, happening. So it's just a masterpiece that has yet to be uh, surpassed despite better technology and perhaps more improved ways of being able to show realistic things. It just has not been surpassed. With all that said, that Doc Ock will not be the same that we see in the movie. No Way Home. It's just not. It's not going to be the same. I just want you guys to not be too disappointed. Just I don't, I'm not saying to expect a catastrophe. And I will say when, when Doc Ock says hello Peter in the trailer... It sounds like he still has that sass. There's a line that he says when he uh, drops Aunt May. I think during the bank fight. He drops Aunt May on purpose. And he says, oops, but the fingers. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, great. But like he, he has like a little, like he kind of shakes his head a little bit or wags his head a little bit. Kind of like a sassy, sarcastic type of oops, doozy. And it's, it's such a great touch. When he says hello, Peter, in the trailer, it reminded me of that line immediately. The way, like, his grin and there's like his head slightly does that same thing. Uh, so he could, they, they may have been able to recreate the character, but that's the thing. That's my whole point. I don't know how well these people have been able to recreate these characters that we fell in love with. 
after all of this time. And us as a society, we've changed. There are a lot of shows and movies that came out back then that if they came out today, they they wouldn't they wouldn't make it past the they wouldn't make it to the theater. I mean, let, let's be real. There are a lot of shows and movies that have come out and like 10 years later, there's no way that they, they, they there is no way that they could air. The pilot would die on impact. Like, it just, there's no way. We could be running into a situation like that where like Disney may feel like, okay, well, you know, I hear what you're saying, Sony. I hear what you're saying. You want to bring back exactly how they were. But here's a list of why we're not going to do that. And then it's not the same character. And if it's not the same character, will it still be worth all of the hype of them coming back on screen? The only reason why I would be excited to see these characters on screen again is if they are as close as possible, portrayed as they originally were from the first time. If I was a fan of Jamie Foxx's Electro, if I see him reprising the role, I want to see him literally reprising the role. Like as I saw before, he he should be his mannerisms, his characteristics, his traits, that should all be the same. If he wants to change wardrobe and all that, that's fine. That's that's fine. But as long as they have the same kind of attitude and portrayal and all these different things, it's going to be the same character. And so I'm cool. I do not care for Jamie Foxx's Electro, but I'm just saying. So it's a heads up. It's a warning. Just be careful with it all. You know, just kind of, I'm not going to tell you to fall back and just, you know, oh, never mind. I'm not going to watch it. Of course, we're going to watch it. We're going to go. We're going to watch the movie. Like, what? I'm going to be there, baby. I plan on taking time off from work. Like, this is this is happening. However, we have to keep these other things in mind. This is why, like, reboots of shows and movies that we're seeing, it's like so many of them are have been disappointments. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of reboots have not performed as well. We get that nostalgia boost for like the first like couple of episodes. It's like, oh, that was cool to see them again, sort of. And then it kind of just falls off after that. Like, all right, we got our nostalgia fix. On to the next thing. And then that's it. So I don't... Like, I'm a big Frasier fan. I love the show Frasier, right? I watch reruns on Hulu all the time. Sometimes it's my... Go to sleep show. I'll just go to sleep watching it and this that's cool. Hilarious. Hilarious show. I am not looking forward to the reboot. I am too overwhelmingly scared. <clears throat> I just don't believe that that show could technically have survived today. Right? There's so much demand of what we need from our shows today. We want a diverse cast, right? All white cast doesn't fly in 2021. You know what I mean? The way that they handled sexuality, you know, Patrick Stewart is a primary example of the episode that he was in. That's one of my favorite ones, but I don't think that would fly today. 
So like, there's just a lot of different things that I'm I'm nervous about that reboot because mm, the '90s, you know, what was acceptable in the '90s, and if you change the show's dynamic too much to modernize it, you might kill the original spirit of why you brought it back in the first place, which defeats the whole purpose of bringing it back. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just you have to be careful. When you're going to see these reboots and, and uh, you know, because at some point <clears throat> it can become overwhelming to, an, to a situation where they feel like they have to change it to modernize it. But the reason why you loved it was because of why it was as it was. I feel like a show like Good Times would not do well today. I just don't think it would. I just don't think so. Even the Jeffersons. George Jefferson? Today? As a person? Like, there's no way. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a lot of different things that just might... Sometimes you just have to leave it where it was. And you enjoy it. When you watch it again, you know, you enjoy it and you remember what it was back then. But... To try to bring it back to a new generation, it would just be a very, you got to be careful. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm a little nervous. That's my, you know, that that's my whole thing. I'm just a little, uh, oh, I hope, you know, I hope. Um, who do I trust to make this right, right? Disney, Marvel, and Sony. <clears throat> Those are the three teams that are bringing these characters to life. So who do I trust the most to do their best to make sure that what we saw before is what we'll see again? Disney, I don't trust at all. I trust the least amount. I don't trust Disney to even care. So it's really between Marvel and Sony. Sony created the character. Right, Sony created this version of Doc Ock and this version of Electro, um, and I can only go off of who's been officially cast. We know Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina have officially been cast, so we know they are returning. If there's a different actor for the Goblin, then there's a different actor for the Goblin. Um, you know, so we'll cross that bridge when that's finally. According to Willem Dafoe, we'll cross that bridge on opening night of the, the movie's release. So, okay. <laughs> but at, here's the thing, though. Before the movie comes out, we're going to have the entire cast list. Like, we're going to see who's in the movie. We're going to know top billing names. We're going to know. So, we'll know before the movie. How long will Sony wait before they release those names? Before the movie comes out, not entirely sure. Um, but at the same time, if there are big surprises and big reveals, like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, if they really are in the movie, they are going to be a big plot twist. Will Sony list their names in the credits before the movie comes out? So you know, I mean, I get it. You want to keep some suspense. We, people, you know, companies, these, these studios know that there are a lot of prying eyes looking 
a lot of hawk eye, a lot of eagle eyes out here looking for the the next big thing to spur on the the rumors and stuff and theories. So <clears throat> you know, but um, here's my thing. Marvel. Marvel cares about the fans. That this much I believe. More than Disney. Marvel cares about staying as true as possible to character stories and character traits. So I do believe that Marvel will take Doc Ock and Electro and all these other guys. And will try their best to mold it into what we saw in their original debut, if you will. But I do think that Marvel, because they are a child of Disney, Marvel will be forced to make some changes. I think Sony is probably going to be the loudest voice in the room. I trust Sony the most. And I think you kind of have to. Like I said, they made those characters. And they Sony is the reason why we are excited to see these characters on screen again. We I mean, ever since Spider-Man 4 from the Sam Raimi days fell apart, everyone's been waiting for Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi to make another damn movie. Like it's you know, and when Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield came along, then it was, we need to see both of these Spider-Men on screen. And when Tom Holland came along, it was like, we need to see all three. Like, we've just wanted all of the live-action actors. I mean, another 20, 40 years. 2040, what a weird, not 2030, 2040. Okay. And another, like, 40 years, we're going to have, like, seven or eight different live-action Spider-Men. Tobey Maguire's probably going to be in, like, his... His 80s. Yeah, he's like 40-something now. So he would be like in his 80s. And we're going to want him swinging around. Yeah, like it, it's it's crazy. Um, You know, and I, I just... So I, I, I give Sony the benefit of the doubt that they would want to copy and paste as much of what they did before to what they're going to do now. I just don't think it's going to work out that way. There's obviously a lot of reasons why. The team of writers, the direction, you know, the team of directors, the studio, um, you know, Disney and the MCU and, and having to fit a certain mold. I think there are a lot of things that are going to take away from getting that pure, raw experience that we had the first time. And I think we just need... At, you know, as a as viewers, as fans, we just need to brace ourselves for that possibility. Not saying that it's a thing that will occur, but it is a realistic viewpoint. I'm super hyped about the movie. I'm watch like I said, I'm watching it regardless. I would watch it if the movie was about the origin of the actual spider that bit Peter Parker. I'd watch the doggone movie. I don't care. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be a cool 
wouldn't that be like a cool movie to watch though? Like I feel like you watch like the mom lay the eggs and like the spider comes out of like the thousands of eggs, thousands of spiders that roll out or whatever. And then this one spider just, you see it's like life cycle and it goes through different things and eventually, you know, like it's injected with like the, the serum and then he eventually finds his way to Peter and just bites him and then die. Like, and then I guess now with the comics, we'll see that spider bite Peter and then the spider will move over to Cindy Moon and all these different things. Like, I'm just so, I would, I would watch it. I don't think you could do a 90 minute window, right? I think that's probably like a short film, but I would totally watch it. Like I would, I would totally watch Spider-Man, Spider Origin, like the ultimate prequel. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, wow. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch anything Spider-Man related. So no matter what it looks like, I'm going to watch it. I can't help myself. I have to do it. So I could hear that it's got negative 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. I will still watch it. And if, if, if it says bad as advertised or reviewed, then it's as bad as reviewed. I will still watch it. I don't care. But I'm also realistic, and I know that if it's not good, then it's not good. That's all. But I'm I'm still a fan. I still love it. I'm still going to support it to a certain extent. Um, I'm most likely going to buy the Blu-ray or whatever um, whatever medium is out, you know. And that's it. But um, I think it's time to wrap it up. I think we can wrap it up here. That was just my little thought about how, you know, when you look at a company like Disney and they're gobbling up all of these heroes and franchises and companies, I wonder how much of the Disney influence could take away from characters that we know and their stories in the comics. You know, at, at, at some point, I would just be like, Disney, don't touch the character. Like, just don't even bother. Because you're not going to do it right. So just don't touch it. Like, I, I'm nervous about the Blade movie coming out. I, You know, they're working on the Blade movie or whatever. They they, they cast Mashala um, Ali. Phenomenal. I love him. I loved him in uh, Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. Like, I fell in love with him. He did great in Into the Spider-Verse as Uncle Aaron. Like he he is, yo. I feel like he's like an underrated elite actor. But you know, <clears throat> if anyone is looking forward to this blade, as comparable to like Wesley Snipes' blade, you're you're gonna be disappointed. Let go of that comparison. Just let it go. There's no way, right? We talked about this. He ain't gonna fit. That version ain't gonna fit in MCU. There's no way. Um. You know, there's a show called Hit Monkey that's supposed to come out. Hit Monkey instead of Hitman. Hit Monkey. It's supposed to come out on Hulu. Um, originally, the title was called Marvel's Hit Monkey. But right now, there are a couple of reports out there that are saying that the show is so violent that Disney is considering removing Marvel's name from the show. Because it doesn't, it obviously would not fit the MCU branding. 
of family friendly. Because nowadays, if you see Marvel in front of a title, you're kind of inclined to assume that it's directly connected to the MCU. So anything that doesn't have Marvel, you wouldn't it would you would overlook it, right? You would just be like, oh, that's just some random show about a monkey, an assassin monkey or whatever, right? You know, there's another uh, there's another show. I think it's Hellstrom. Hellstrom is technically a it's a Marvel comics show, like it's. It it's part. It's even the like it's officially known as being part of the MCU, but it does not have Marvel. It doesn't say Marvel's Hellstrom. It just says Hellstrom. This is a a show. I'm in the middle of watching it now. It's a horror, like a supernatural horror, very gory, messy thing, that does not fit the tone at all for what the MCU is trying to do. So that's why you don't see the Marvel banner and so that show is not going to get a lot of traction or attention it's messed up It's, it's just messed up but there are already examples of where Disney is more than willing to just I guess cast out shows or characters if it doesn't fit what they're trying to portray. And my thing is, why do all of that? Like just don't touch the character then. Don't don't tell the story. If you're not if you're not even proud to share it as part of the MCU and all these Marvel shows and movies that you have, then why even bother? Like stop. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like what? So I I don't know. You know, I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna see moving forward with Deadpool and Blade specifically. But um, because you know, like even with Deadpool, there's been a lot of back and forth between Disney and Ryan Reynolds, and Kevin Feige stuck in the middle, and all these different things are happening, and it's just like, of course, because Disney does not want an R-rated movie; they want a PG-13 movie. And I agree with Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool should be an R-rated character. And, I mean, the first two movies were hits. Why would you change something that is working perfectly fine? But Disney's going to clean it up and make it, you know. So it's 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 going to be tough, guys. That's why I'm just saying, let's just be careful with, you know, No Way Home. Because whoever we see from previous versions, um, they're most likely going to appear, characteristic-wise, they're going to appear differently. And I think the difference is going to be substantial enough that it's going to be like, ah, oh. you're not going to riot, but it's going to be like, oh, I see. I see what they did. That kind of reaction. Like, all right, I guess I can live with it, but that's not what I was expecting type of thing. So, but, um, yeah, guys, please, please, please share your thoughts. What do you think? Does it matter? 
Am I off base completely? Or do you think it's going to be even worse than what I think? Um, please share your perspectives, you know? Uh, yeah. But like I said, I'm excited. December 17th cannot come here soon enough. Hopefully they do not bump it back. Hopefully Delta stays out of control. And we can get to this movie as soon as possible. Because this movie was supposed to be out in July. So, yeah. <laughs> like, we've been waiting. Not as long as we've been waiting for Venom. But we have been waiting. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep swinging.